Today's episode is sponsored by Art of the Trek. One of the common questions I get asked from backpackers is how to better plan for a backpacking trip, and often it consists of a lot of research and digging through maps to plan routes. Art of the Trek is an outdoor trip planning app that enables backpackers to research and plan successful adventures in one place. Art of the Trek allows you to plan your own custom trip, or you can ask them to plan a custom backpacking trip at no cost to you. I've used this service lately to plan a trip through Canyonlands National Park and was impressed by the level of detail provided in every aspect of planning a trip. They'll also help with securing permits and reservations or anything else you may need for your trip for free. So check them out over at artofthetrek.com. What's going on my friends and welcome to the backpacking experience today. It is that time of year where all of those that are planning to jump on a through hike are trying to secure a permit, getting their start date, and prepping all of the gear that they need to go on a through hike. And that's what we're going to talk about today with Luke Pearsall. Luke and I connected a while back on Instagram and have quickly become really good buddies with frequent gear talk and just outdoor outdoor stuff in general. And the dude is awesome. He's Luke is just a rad dude, and he's got some really cool background and some life stories that personally I find really unique and just comparing to somebody like myself, very unique. He's had a lot of really cool experiences and opportunities. And we will we'll obviously get into all those stories, and I'll just let him share that information. But before we get into talking with Luke, let's get some housekeeping stuff out of the way. Because, I mean, that's what you do on a podcast, right? <laughs> but really, I've, I've been super happy with the feedback that everyone who has reached out has given me because it's allowed me to make changes to the podcast, to the episodes, and just try to make things a little bit more succinct and enjoyable to listen to. So really grateful for those that have reached out and given me feedback. So with all that said, I've created an Instagram account for the podcast, and it's at Backpacking Experience Podcast. So definitely go follow the account for photos related to the episodes and just more behind the scenes information about what I'm doing here with the backpacking experience. And something that I personally enjoy when listening to audio only things is that I like to see some of what is happening behind the scenes and who's really behind the production. It helps me just connect better with the person that I'm listening to, uh, particularly with a host. So if you want to just learn more about me as a person, you can also check out my Backcountry Exposure YouTube channel as well as Instagram, and you can see a lot more of what I'm up to personally as your host. Enough of that. Let's get Luke on here and talk about the Pacific Crest Trail. Well, everyone, I have Luke Pearsall on the podcast right now. Luke, what's up, my man? How you doing today? Hey, dude. Uh, glad to be here. This is our first time talking on the phone. We talk on the I know. I feel like we've been Instagram like best friends for several That's months true. at this point. But how is it that we've gone this long? We're not even really talking on the phone right now. We're on a fancy recording app. <laughs> 
before we jump into all this stuff that we're going to talk about with the PCT and just you as a person and what your kind of background and history is, I feel like it would be offensive if we didn't take a moment to talk about some nerdy gear talk stuff. (laughs) And so you, you had just spent last week at the outdoor retailer trade show. And I'm bummed because outdoor retailer left Salt Lake City. And ever since it moved to Denver, I've not had an opportunity to go to the show. So you're going to have to enlighten us and let us know what are like the innovative new gear items that us gear nerds can get behind and get excited about. Oh, man. You know, as you know, like outdoor retailer is super overwhelming to kind of digest everything. But um, there was a couple like little standout um, things that I saw that were just some of it was personal to me. Um, being like that being that Appalachian Gear Company, um, their their alpaca hoodie. Oh, so good. Was yeah, you I know you're a big fan. Actually, that's I think you're how I found out. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think I think that's probably the probably oh, that's it. right, because but, you had um, been asking me about it was like the Patagonia R1. And then yeah. uh, you're a huge Melanzana fan. Yeah, I'm a Melanzana guy, you know, and I know it's just a grid fleece hoodie, but it's my home state here. So <laughs> yeah, try to support. Yeah, it. for sure. Um, but yeah, so at Gear Co., um, you know, I did a little sort of like branded adventure with uh, their hoodie. Um, and that hoodie was up for an innovation award at OR, which was pretty cool to see. And I definitely snuck in the innovation awards and uh, had a quick meal uh, when I wasn't invited. I'm pretty sure, but you know, <laughs> I'm staying in the back of the room. Us hikers can sniff out a free meal a mile away. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was that was really cool to see because you know that company is is a relatively small company and and they're getting some notoriety in in the hiking community and I I think it's a really good product and. I'm kind of like proud to stand behind those smaller brands that are making cool things and, and innovating like an industry that's pretty much a copycat industry in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly because I was interviewing uh, somebody else recently on the podcast that was saying that it's easy for people to, and not that this necessarily happens, but I'm sure it does to a point that you've got somebody that comes out with something new and it's like, Oh, well, that looks exactly like this piece of gear. And it has all of these same features. Why is that different? And it's hard to be hard to be innovative in, in the industry right now. Oh, completely. And, and even when it comes to like, you know, uh, quilts and, and, um, you know, fleece, fleece hoodies, everyone's sort of, you know, reinventing the wheel with each other. But that being said, like, I love it all anyway. Yeah. For sure. I mean, you you have a website <laughs> that's called Gear Geeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, that was the, the, out, the, like, Outdoor Gear Geeks is just, like, it sort of came about because I was doing so many gear reviews from gear um, that I received from companies to photograph because I'm, like, an outdoor adventure photographer. Um, but, you know, it just kind of, I was, it was one of those things where I needed a place to put everything that I was creating. And, that's kind of what outdoor gear geeks is becoming. And uh, yeah, so that was, that was, that's why that, I think you and I are far more similar than 
and I feel like we've even talked about this a little bit, but we're far more similar than we think we are because that's pretty much how backcountry exposure came to light. I needed, I needed an outlet. I needed a place to, to talk about gear and not be yeah, pushing totally. that onto my wife anymore. <laughs> Honestly, there was, there was moments at some of the booths uh, at, at outdoor retailer where I felt like I knew more about what was happening in the outdoor industry in terms of gear than some of the exhibitors that were That's there. That's awesome. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I knew, I knew more about, you know, different fabrics and different versions of, of apparel that was being creative, uh, created by, you know, different companies and more cottage companies and things like that. So you like almost 100% more than most of the, the vendors that I talked to. Anyway. So you're one of those guys that goes to like a retail store and, ends up educating the salesman on on the gear when you're yeah i tried to i tried to not do that i tried to not be that guy at uh you know like the reis that are standing around like quietly listening to some employee that uh is giving false information to people but it's really hard uh, i'm sure you feel that way. oh that's so funny we don't need to rabbit hole into that into that discussion but yeah any, yeah anything no, else but, from outdoor retailer that kind of st- stood out that was exciting I mean, the one thing that I saw that was like pretty amazing in terms of like innovation and being creative and I thought was really cool is that there was um, there's this company that created a cap that screws on top of like a swell water bottle or anything with that like size opening. And it you literally hit go or hit power on it and it purifies the water just like a stereo pen would. But, you know, without all the 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 mess to deal with or care that you have to take with the stereo pen. Gotcha. So it's literally as easy as replacing your water bottle and you can drink water from anywhere. So, or the cap. so is the kind of thing where you, as you drink, it purifies or does it work in the same kind of senses it's going into? Yeah. I think it's, it's just the UV light kind of deal where you put it on and wait for whatever the amount of time is for it to do its thing. Gotcha. Then it's ready to go. Right, yeah. Right on. Pretty cool. Well, let's move on. We could talk about gear for hours and hours, but for sure. the reason that we're here is to talk about your PCT through hike attempt that is happening starting in here in just a few weeks, right? Yeah. I mean, April 13th. So I am kind of like finishing up my life here in Denver for a bit and I'm going to put everything into storage and be homeless for like a month and a half. Uh, and then I will be, yeah, going to uh, scout and Frodo's house. Um, so if anyone's familiar with the PCT, they're like a couple who has hosted PCT through hikers the night before their through hike begins for like the past 20 years. That's crazy. Um, and I'll, I feel, yeah, I feel like I've seen seen their names on YouTube channels and I'm honestly ex- excited to talk about like a through hike with somebody that has like through hiking experience because if I'm being honest, I am fairly ignorant on the like bigger picture of through hiking a, a sure. super long trail. So that like is part of the reason that I wanted to to bring you on because it's going to help educate me a little bit more. Obviously, I have years of backpacking experience, but the whole hiker trash thing is not something that I fully understand. And, <laughs> and to be, and to be honest with you, the longest hike I've ever done was like the the Camino de Santiago, which is not a wilderness hike at all. 
I had this conversation with uh, the prodigy who's like a triple crown calendar year guy. Yeah. And he was like, through hikes, through hike, man. You, you hiked 550 miles. Um, you know, yeah, for sure. So that made me feel good. But I, I've been, I have a lot of friends who are hiker trash and have been pretty immersed in that long distance hiking culture for the past few years. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to, to actually kind of earn my stripes on this one. Cool. Well, we're going to talk about it. I want to reel things back a little bit because you've actually got like a pretty unique background. I feel like compared to, <laughs> yeah to a lot of people that are maybe within the hiking community. And yeah. so I, I'm, I want you to share your background that's to me involves some pretty cool opportunities and then maybe just share kind of a, a brief life story and how you've ended up now choosing to hike the PCT. So basically like after I graduated college, I kind of wanted to do something adventurous with my girlfriend at the time. And we kind of decided that we wanted to move to Hawaii, which was about as far as we were comfortable going, uh, not having any money. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So we moved to Hawaii and neither of us had jobs. And um, I, we, both of us had degrees in advertising photography. And one thing led to another and I was just kind of looking for jobs. And I heard that the television show Lost was filming uh, a pilot. No one had no one knew what the show was really about yet. They just knew it was a big network show and they were going to see what happened. Um, and I was very persistent with tracking down like their office number in Hawaii. I called the Hawaii film office and then started to get to know someone in the office who kept denying me employment until one day they needed someone to come in. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and because there was no one else on the, uh, in the state of Hawaii, capable of getting people coffee. Um, I got my start in television and film. Wow, you were a legit water boy. Yeah, yeah, for many years, honestly. Like, I, you know, you start off not knowing anything, and you you basically give people water and coffee and run, you know, kind of crappy little errands until you get to a point where all of a sudden you're directing the background in the show, you know, the extras. And that's kind of where my career sort of ended up heading in, in terms of like, you know, from that moment on, I did 36, 30, 32, no, 32 episodes of Lost. So it was a season and a half. Wow. The, the show won an Emmy award that year for best drama in television. And so like, I went from being a kid that didn't know I was 24 <laughs> years old. So like, I was a kid that was just looking for a job to like being on a hit television show, which was kind of like pretty crazy. And, and granted, I was in like an entry level job, but, you know, it's an entry level job in production. So really, you know, you're working your way towards becoming uh, eligible for the Directors Guild of America, which is the union that all directors in Hollywood. Are. Right. So. So how did that uh, more or less like springboard you into other other opportunities? Well. I mean, after that, I, I ended up moving to L.A. And again, I found myself needing a job. I didn't know anyone in L.A. I moved in with a few girls off Craigslist, um, you know, because I needed an apartment. And Craigslist was the jam back then. <laughs> um, and my first job ended up being uh, Fast and Furious 3 Tokyo Drift. Um, so I did like 
that movie, I, I was on the stunt unit and I did like 20 some odd nights from 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. while we raced cars in the streets of uh, Los Angeles. All night. Wait, so you're like um, you're like legitimately working in Hollywood, like for a production studio at this point? Yeah. So like basically the way like I was a production assistant. So basically the way all production jobs work is that you sort of freelance your way from one job to the next job, okay. the next job. And so when that job ends, you start looking for everyone starts saying like, where are you going next? Like who's picking you up next? Where are you going? And after Fast and Furious, uh, another production assistant on that movie was like, Hey, I'm going to go do this show uh, entourage on, on HBO. Like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe I could get you on it. And I was like, yeah, I'm just looking for work. Like, I got, you know, I'm broke. Let's go. And then again, like, as fate had it, you know, Entourage is very, became a very popular show. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I did seasons, I think, two, three, four, five, maybe part of six. Um, but in between there, I kind of got a little bit burnt out. and And I ended up spending... Uh, the better part of one of those years in South America working as an adventure guide. <laughs> okay. I, I just, I basically, I wanted to do this type of job. I wanted to be a guide in a foreign country, like ever since I can remember when I, you know, and the opportunity presented itself. And again, I did the same thing I did with the movie industry. I found a company I wanted to work for and I sent them an email every day for like three months until they hired me. Okay. And they're like, can you move to Ecuador? And I said, yeah, sure. Two weeks, you know. So I packed up everything I owned, moved to Ecuador. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. So was that more or less like your introduction to like the outdoors and hiking and or how did... Hollywood, no, I mean, work, my... Working in Hollywood is like kind of a big deal and probably doesn't lend itself to getting outside very much no not at all what's where does like your outdoor experience come into play with all of these like job opportunities that you had sure um my my all of that just goes way back to just my mom and dad growing up and they actually um met as volunteers on an indian or native american reservation in um washington state and they were both teachers on the reservation and fell in love and, you know, the rest is history there. But their, um, their whole thing out there was being outside. They would go fishing. They would go backpacking. They, their honeymoon was in the North Cascades backpacking. Um, so as I grew up, that was always part of our life. I, gotcha. I think, I, you know, I can't even remember a time when I didn't sleep in a tent in my whole life. You know? <laughs> So it wasn't just like, oh, I don't really like Hollywood anymore and I want to get away from people. No. Hiking is going to be the way to get away from people. Right. So, um, yeah, no, I, I Hollywood is crazy. And I love being outside and I craved adventure. And this was a way for me to kind of like step away from that chaos for, a, you know, the better part of a year and go do something like completely different. And in that time, like I got to hike the Inca Trail several times, and wow, you know, I, I was all I was all over South America. I mean, started in Ecuador, Bolivia, Peru, Chile, Argentina, the works. So, 
I'm pretty pretty jealous of that, honestly. <laughs> I, at that point, I was 26 years old, so you know it's been about it's been quite quite a bit of time since then now. But yeah, Peru know. is just on a on a personal level. I spent some time there a few years ago. We did the Machu Picchu thing and Cusco, and had like an amazing experience. But for the second half of the trip, we went and spent time in I don't even. I don't know the geography of Peru well enough to, to know if it's north or south, but out in the Amazon jungle, basically the, just kind of like the, the edge of the jungle. Yeah. We, we went and, uh, outside of this small city called La Merced, we mm-hmm. hiked to these two pretty touristy waterfalls, but they were honestly some of the most inspiring like waterfall scenes that I have ever been able to experience and i remember we hiked down to the second one and it was in this just really deep gorge and it's super humid and we're in a place that is like really foreign vegetation is very different just never like experienced something like that before yeah. and i remember looking down the river from the waterfall ate a jungle canyoneering route like it was it was very very inspiring and i'm like I need to go spend time outside of the United States and go adventure more into other places. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I love the most about Peru particularly is that you have this wide range of diverse landscape. Like you have the ocean landscape and the ocean towns, and then you have this like high desert and then you have the mountains and then you have the jungle. You have all of that in one, in one country. And it's, yeah. it's pretty unique really. Well, so let's transition uh, now that we're talking about traveling afar out of the United States. I want to talk about your through hike of the Camino, uh, Camino de Santiago, right? Um, How did you go from working in Hollywood and being this adventure guide to now walking across Spain? (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's like the story story is a little... it's i lived a weird life connects the dots for us okay so came back from working as a guide in south america went back into the film industry for for several years and then i started because my degree was in advertising photography i started doing more like transitioning more to commercial photography work so then i found myself sort of you know all of a sudden i owned my my own business and i was a you know i was doing like fairly okay like just working my way through the the industry like having little victories here and there and kind of just working my way up again um and i had read a book by paulo coelho uh called the pilgrimage a long long time ago and one night when i was feeling like really burnt out and everything i was doing i looked at my bookshelf and i saw the book and i was like man i remember reading that book but you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read it again. I'm just gonna pick it up and read it again. And that book was about, you know, the journey of the community de Santiago and like how, you know, this person found themselves or whatever. And I said, I, I think I could do that. Like, I've never done a big one. I've always wanted to do like a big walk. And that seemed like the most manageable thing at the time. Um, and so literally like it was probably three months before I actually left. I just decided like I was going to do this and I was going to find a way to make it happen. And 
you know, as fate had it, I had some wonderful people that uh, supported my idea to do like a story about it. And it became a reality. Yeah. And I never really expected it to. And and that kind of journey uh, transitioned my, I think my mindset a little bit. Um, And when I returned, I, I knew that like kind of, I needed to start packing in my life in LA and, and going somewhere a little more natural to live. And is that basically what led you to Denver? Yeah. Although I was sidetracked. I was sidetracked for about six months before I left for Denver. I had a friend of mine who was working on a real estate project in Cabo. Hmm. Um, and it was pretty unique because he was developing a, a part of Cabo that was undeveloped. And he asked me to be part of it uh, from a marketing standpoint. And I went and lived in Cabo for six months uh, working on this this crazy real estate project um, and developing this property, which was <laughs> which is like pretty, pretty wild little tangent there. Jeez, um, dude, you've been all over the place. Yeah. So, you know, like that kind of ran its course for me. I, I really I'm not a. I'm not a real estate guy. I'm a, I'm an outside guy, you know, but the cool part about that was I got to help sort of develop the adventure programs that were going to be down there. Oh, gotcha. Um, at, yeah. On the property. Um, so that was cool. Nice. Um, and I got to see some amazing natural things like Cabo has like mountains and things like that. People just don't, don't go down there for that. Um, but yeah. So then I came and I basically moved, uh, back to LA and then straight to Denver, you know, and the idea was to stop pursuing things I didn't care about, like fashion, you know, which I did a lot of fashion photography and I started only doing, you know, outdoor related work. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I want to uh, go back to the Camino a little bit because I feel like sure. it's going to play into more of this like story timeline, but I, yep. I want, for those that may not be familiar with what the Camino is, how is it different than like a, a I say standard, like air quotes, standard yeah. through hike? What's the, what's the basis the, of the Camino? Maybe just the, really sh- br- brief, short history. Yeah. In a nutshell, like it's basically like an ancient pilgrimage that, um, that has like it was a roman road like all these all these sort of things throughout history um turned it into like a well-traveled trail for for people that were sort of supposedly uh repenting for their sins you know things like that so basically the camino de santiago is the way of saint james uh throughout history the idea is that saint james body was carried from uh where he perished to where he was uh, buried in the cathedral in Santiago de Compostela. So that's the his- the historic part of it. And I'm sure I'm inaccurate in some parts of those, but, <laughs> to it. but to my knowledge, that's kind of it. Um, and so it has become like this thing for, for people that have sort of religious pious, but also like people who just want to have an adventure and take time to think about their life. And the way I would explain it is more, it's, it's more of a cultural experience than it is like a wilderness hiking experience because you walk through little, these like little towns and there's like places to have food and you don't have to carry a backpack 
and you, I mean, you have to carry a backpack, but you don't have to carry a tent and you stay in these places called albergues, which are essentially just little hostels for the pilgrims. You know, everyone that's on the, on the Camino is called a pilgrim. Hmm. Um, but there is this like rich storied history uh, of, you know, pilgrims hiking the Camino. And it's, it was really one of the most wonderful experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Like, there's people from all over the world that speak many different languages and have many different backgrounds. And for this short period of time in your life, you all sit at the same table and no one cares, you know, who has what or, you know, what car they drive or what job they have. Everyone is just equal. And I think that mindset is what made me sort of fall in love with the hiking community and the mindset of particularly like a long distance through hiker. Really, really cool. I can only imagine what, what that experience was like. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like it's simplified everything. And for the first time in my life after, you know, being crazed with, you know, the movie industry and even like South America was unique because I was taking care of 21 other people all the time. I was never just taking care of myself. Right. And being a guide is, is not, like leisurely work no i made i think i made 26 dollars a day too <laughs> legitimately but wow. i got free, you know free room and board Crazy. yeah so for the first time in my life like hiking this camino like i said i i like kind of fell in love with the community you know and the, the feeling of walking far being simple being around good people and i i really feel like that resonates in the hiking community from through hikers to, you know, people that are just really involved in hiking. Yeah, for sure. So what the, the Camino you did in what year? Uh, that was 2015. Okay. Yeah. So nearly five years ago, probably four years ago. Yeah. What have you been working on between that through hike and your PCT attempt that uh, you'll start here in April? My my mindset was I'm going to move to Denver because it's sort of one of the epicenters of the outdoor industry. Right. And I am going to like once again, like try to shove my foot in the door and, <laughs> and, and see if anyone grabs it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so slowly but surely over the past four years, uh, that started to happen. And I sort of had that realization when I was at OR this this past week, uh, when I realized like, Hey, I know some of these people here now. Like I used to sneak in, you know, like I didn't know anybody. So I, I would just kind of go to the side door and wait till, you know, someone wasn't looking and then I I'd sneak in the door and hope, <laughs> you know, no one, uh, no one would find me because that's the only way, you know, all of these things that I've done in my life, that's the only way I've gotten anything is to kind of just, put your foot in the door and and I did and I would walk around and I remember feeling like you know this wasn't like I, like such an outsider and I wanted to be part of it so much like I'd hear people talk about like parties they're going to or like you know where are you going for outdoor retailer happy hour what booth are you going to and I didn't have anybody you know right I would just kind of sneak in and then look around and try to get out undetected you know but uh, over the course of the past four years of living in Denver, like slowly, like making relationships within the industry, then I would be like invited by companies I worked with to, to you know, 
enter with a real, you know, credential with my name on it. And, and even then it sort of felt like a little disingenuous because I didn't really work for these companies. And <laughs> right. like, well, you know, like, what do you do? <laughs> you know, what do you do for, uh, you know, X, Y, Z company? I'd be like, I'm nothing, you know, I'm just it's here at the show. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just here at the show, like nerding out real hard. But even that, like, you know, it's not really a show for the consumer to like walk around and, and be like, Hey, tell me about your stuff. I'm not going to buy any of it, but you know, tell me. So, yeah. And this past week, I actually felt like I walked in the show and a few people knew who I was and that was a good feeling. And, you know, kind of like all this hard work and all the trips I've done, like, I, you know, you, you know how it is. You, you, people think that you have money to like, you know, fund all these trips and things like that. Like no one's paying for me to go on these adventures that I take photos and, you know, right. For anybody else, for the most part, you know, when it's like, me creating portfolios to be noticed in the industry. A lot of it's like, you know, you go on a backpacking trip, you pay for it. <laughs> right. You pay for the gas, you pay for the food, you know? Yeah. If, if someone gave you a piece of gear to test, you might get that, but that doesn't keep the lights on, you know? So you have to, you have to hustle your other, your other, you know, outlets to, to get by. It's kind of interesting that now I'm in a place where I'm packing it all in again, you know, about to try to, be part of this through hiking community you know yeah well let's talk about that a little bit more and i feel like this is maybe the the deepest question of the uh the things that i want to ask you sure. about but what's the what's your motivation what's the motivation for getting on the pct why are you doing this Oof. there's a couple of reasons but the 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 one that really is glaring to me is that I have wanted to be part of the outdoor community like for, for my whole life. I used to read all the wilderness survival books in the county library system, you know? Um, and now that I'm starting to become part of it and I feel like I'm starting to have a voice uh, and people are paying attention to the things that I say, I want to prove to myself that I'm not just all talk, hmm. you know? I want to, I want to earn my stripes and I want, I want to be able to say like, I, I did this and I may not have ever be, I'm, I may never hike a triple crown of hiking, but you know, hopefully this one last time I can go real far and, and things from a perspective of someone who's done a very long journey, Yeah, you know? And I think that that will translate better into my work and translate better into the words I say and how I treat people and those are things that I want in my life. That can take you into some pretty interesting places in your, in your mind, <laughs> if you let it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the one thing I know about walking really far is that you have a lot of time to yourself and a lot of time to think. Yeah. You know? And uh, that can be a good thing sometimes, and that can be a bad thing. But uh, I think that I have this really strong desire to experience all the things that a through hike brings your way and that's you know that includes all the crappy stuff too you know it's it's the the times you want to quit and the times that your body hurts so bad or you know the times you get lost or you're off track for a mile and got to backtrack a mile like you know i want to experience those and, and know that i'm capable of handling you know big challenges in life part of what his made me not want to go on like a big through hike is because 
I'm a little scared to think about what I might learn about myself or <laughs> yeah. what I might what I might find through that much time uh, alone, which I know you're not alone on the trail, but no. it uh, it's definitely one of those things that can be very, very life changing when you have that much time to, to think and ponder and go through all of the stuff that you've been through in your life. Uh, I agree. I think, and I think that because you have time to like digest things and, and just move slowly, you know, like you walk at one to four miles an hour for 2,650 miles. Yeah. You know, that stuff comes up and that's why like post through hike depression is like a real thing for people, you know? Um, and, and I can sort of mildly relate to those feelings. Like when I got home from the Camino, but the Camino was only a 30 day thing for me. But I also feel like in a lot of ways, doing a through hike allows people to, I know it's kind of cliche to say, but like find themselves for in, sure. in a very positive way. I mean, it's not always like, oh, I'm going to go be alone and be by myself and <laughs> find out all these things that I don't <laughs> like about myself. It, yeah. It's like, holy cow, I found what my passions are in life. I was able to work things out and now I know what I want to do. And I feel like that's well, oftentimes it's not just about the backpacking. It's about who, who do I want to be? And this is an opportunity that allows me to find that piece of life that's been missing that, I don't know. I feel like that's a very common thing for people when they go on a through hike. Uh, I would, I would agree with you 100%. And I think you do come out like feeling like you've figured some things out about yourself and, and hopefully they're the good things. Yeah, know? for sure. But I think it gives you a, a certain degree of confidence and anyone that I, that I know that has gone through their first through hike, really like when you talk to them on the other end, you're like, wow, you are way more confident than when you started this thing. It's a really cool kind of like uh, caterpillar becoming the butterfly type of moment. Yeah, and I've I've stopped watching a lot of the through hiking vlogs on YouTube. But yeah, it's it's pretty cool when you get somebody that is very honest and shares a lot of the just the the transparency of the trail through their emotions and the things that they're that they're going through uh like for example the whimsical woman mm -hmm. her pct vlog was very telling to me of like what somebody experiences in both like the hiking aspect which was very entertaining to watch like on her vlog but the point right. the point i'm making is that i have enjoyed watching that from an outside perspective to see how a through hike changes a person. Cause you can go back to their first few episodes that they upload yeah. to the last few. And it's like, wow, this person has really changed. Pretty unbelievable. I know. And there's a handful of people every year that vlog their through hike that really do a good job. And, and you see that happen to them. And I think that's why the community sort of rallies around them, you know, cause they can relate to, you know, being strong and, and doing something that's hard, but actually being like really human about it at the same time. And, and yeah, I think that's an experience that a lot of people go through that don't do vlogs. Yeah. So are you planning to vlog your through hike? 
you know, I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm trying to figure that out. I, I don't, part of me wants to keep it all to myself and experience it. But, um, you know, the other part of me thinks like, this is an amazing opportunity and I have a built-in audience already that, that kind of loves these things. And, and, you know, I'd love to share at least some of those moments with them. So I think I'll be capturing footage and, and whether or not I do it while I'm on the trail or after the fact, uh, there's going to be something. So I'm curious what other like kind of steps you've been taking to prepare for the PCT. Oof. I mean, the fun part for me is like the obsessive gear, you know, uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about gear. <laughs> yeah, I'm very interested yeah, about that as well. <laughs> I mean, I have an, I have a problem. Like when I first decided this was happening, I like couldn't even sleep at night thinking about the gear. It was, <laughs> it, was it was like bad. It was like, it was pretty bad for like a couple of weeks and then it kind of mellowed out a little bit. But um, I mean, like even right now, I'm like looking at my bed and there's, you know, there's 10 different sleeping pads out there and, you know, several different thermal layers and a scale to weigh everything on. And, you know, it's just, I'm getting to the point where I need to make my final decisions and then just move on from it. <laughs> but, um, you know, the gear is important. Uh, honestly, the biggest thing for me has been kind of like reaching out to people who have done it before and learning from their experiences. Mm. You know, I think that you can read all the books you want and you can, you know, get on as many forums as you want, but talking to people that actually have done it is more valuable than all that combined is it is it mostly just like f figuring out and knowing like the insider secrets of how to make things work or is it more uh detailed than that i think it's more of like i think i think it's more like that hey dude the first time anyone does this they don't know what they're doing <laughs> the second time anyone does this they don't know what they're doing you know like you just you can't be so obsessed about having to know every detail because that's not the way any adventure really works. You know, you can prepare as much as you can and like try to get in as, as good a shape as you can, but like, you know, don't plan on sending yourself a, uh, a resupply box at every town that you come to, right. you know, uh, over 2,650 miles because you just can't plan that far ahead, you know? And you're going to be sick of the food that you want to send yourself or the things that you think you need, you don't need at all. So like, let the adventure come to you a little bit is really kind of uh, what I've been gathering the most from, you know, the people I know have done really quite a bit of hiking. Yeah. So is your plan to just kind of take the approach of I'll just take each day as it comes and we'll see how long this takes? Or do you have like, a timeline that you're trying to stick to that's going to require you to hike so so many miles at a at a so time. I, because I don't know like what my personal range is really in this scenario and how my body's going to hold up. I gave myself like a relatively absurdly long amount of time to complete the the through hike like i think i i really on my permit would allow me to be on the trail for like six months if i needed to be <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean that's unrealistic um i mean some people are you know some people are 120 days some people are 140 days uh i just don't know where i'm gonna be and i don't know like if i'm gonna have to lay up with like a bum knee for a week or two somewhere yeah you know? so yeah. 
the side of me that that wants so badly to complete it wanted to give myself enough time that if I got injured or needed to take time off or something happened that I'd still be able to continue the path hopefully you know yeah. with enough time before I get socked in by snow and the North Cascades yeah that seems that seems fair <laughs> but I definitely like I when I did the Camino I was so concerned about knowing every detail about everything that it kind of ruined the pre-hike experience for me and then I got out there and realized like Oh, it's all good. I didn't need to worry about any of this stuff. You know, just <laughs> showed, up, showed up and started walking like, you know, and this is a little more detailed, but, you know, everyone that I've talked to, um, to date, that is an accomplished hiker. Um, they just kind of say, Hey, don't plan too much, you know, plan your gear, plan, plan to have your body as tuned up as you can. And then just, just let it come to you. You know, there's certain places that, you know, you have to send yourself food, but, and, and new gear, but like, you know, you'll figure it out. And really that's the biggest thing in terms of prep is like getting mentally prepared to be like, Hey, you don't have all the answers, but you, you can, you can make it through regardless. Right. Right. So I guess, speaking of gear, we can get into this rabbit hole, sure. <laughs> but what are some of the like gear items that you've focused on to try to make being on the, on the PCT a better experience if if that makes sense yeah that's, that's i think that's a good question uh, you know i know that like you and i have similar mindsets that being super ultra light is kind of like not the end all say all um mm -hmm. so like and being comfortable has just as much holds just as much weight as you know having a six pound base weight right uh, you know so for me some things that I've really been like, for me, like the, I own like 20 sleeping pads. <laughs> um, You're worse like than me. Yeah. Like legitimately, it's kind of a joke. I just did a sleeping pad review for Thermarest. And, you know, I mentioned that I, I save, I save uh, sleeping pads from REI garage sales. Like some people save kittens behind dumpsters, you know, <laughs> but uh so like the fact that the fact that like Thermarest came out with this new Neo Air X Lite, which is both warm, light, and extremely loud. Um, you know, it comes in a wide version now. So that was a game changer for me. Um at fifth or fifteen or sixteen ounces in a wide version, that kind of like is something that I'm really taking into consideration, although I still think that i sleep better on a, a nemo tensor you know i was just gonna say i feel like that should be your pad but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you, get to, you get to make your decisions for yourself yeah i mean the difference is i mean essentially the difference is gonna be like five ounces in weight yeah that's because, fair you know it's 15 ounces versus 19 plus like the the tensor i think needs that blow up uh the blow up whatever you pump sack oh yeah you know with that and that's another two ounces so you're carrying five ounces which is at that point you're a third of a pound almost right uh, i mean it's it's tricky i've tried like every pillow under the sun <laughs> and i'm a side sleeper and i can't get a pillow with enough like loft to it that's how so, i am yeah i just keep going through different pillows all the time 
yeah, it's it's been like fairly unbelievable. Well, so have you? Sorry, I'm going to cut you off a little bit, but have you uh, decided on a backpack? Yeah, I'm like pretty dialed into like the backpack that I always use. I feel like will be adequate for what I use, and that's the uh, that's the Hyperlite Mountain Gear uh, Southwest pack. Cool. And I think it's just like it's a very durable pack. It carries heavier loads like very well for being. Uh, being a, a lighter a frame, pack, a frameless pack, right? Right. Uh, in terms of frameless packs, I think that it'll carry like it is one of the best carrying for you know heavier loads. Uh, but there's so many that I'd like to try at some point. But I think those packs are really made for people that are lighter than I am. You know. Gotcha. Gotcha. Are there any other gear items that you're like really excited about to be taken on the trail? I, I feel like it, the craziest thing about doing this through hike is I feel like your gear is actually, it, it's actually less nerdy than like a, a weekend backpacking trip or like four <laughs> or five day when you can bring more cool I think, stuff. I think you're you, right. You know? Like you kind of water it down to like, Oh, I guess like these are the underwear we're doing for the next, you know, five days, five months. Um, yeah, rather than like, wow, cool. I'm going to go on this trip this weekend. I'm going to take this with me. And then I'm going to this place in a couple of weeks and I get to take this stuff with me because it's a different location. Yeah, yeah totally. totally, totally makes sense. Like I did, I did my first, uh, shakedown with, uh, you know, the prodigy who is the single, uh, the calendar year, triple crown, uh, hiker on saturday and some of the things he was saying i just like couldn't get behind you know <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't bring toilet paper oh does he just backcountry just, backcountry yeah. bidet is he like he finds natural objects to wipe with you know wow yeah said so i just i'm not said so you're on your own with that one buddy <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna convince me prodigy yeah that's crazy but i mean this is a man who hiked eight over 8,000 miles in a year. So, you know, every ounce counts to him. And basically what he said to me is every ounce I take out of my pack, I get to, you know, add in calories. And he's like, calories are way more important to me than, you know, toilet paper. Yeah. And when you're hiking that many miles. Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. His, his stories are kind of unbelievable. And, you know, that's why when he shook me down, uh, I took his words very um with a with a lot of weight you know but my uh i asked for a grade and he said i did okay so i'll take that there you go yeah i mean he really just said like i might want to get rid of a couple of my um you know stuff sacks that i had going on i had like three dyneema stuff sacks for different things he's like you could just put it all in one big one man and call it a day but (laughs) So I guess speaking of ad- advice, since you've had, you've reached out to a lot of people and you've had the prodigy to, ch- to talk with, what, uh, granted you haven't like completed your PCT yet, but I'm curious what advice you have for any future through hikers out there? Ooh, I, I would say that, but not the most important thing, you know, I think that, um, the knowledge that you need to complete the trail can be sought very easily through like Facebook groups and things like that. And, and there's going to be 
there's so many trolls of people that are know-it-alls like just wanting to shut down any comment that you have or any feeling you might have in those groups but <laughs> you know like if you have the the fortitude to sift through all that crap like there's so much good information in them um and also like i think the big like a big thing that everyone you know that i've experienced and i'm sure you've experienced is to like test your gear out no for sure is, yeah everything is different for everybody you know like i may go out with this neo uh or yeah the god the x light the new x light and be like yeah it is very loud and i can't sleep right because it is yeah yeah you know and i may end up carrying four extra ounces because i can sleep on the tensor you know and i know i can sleep on it because i I've slept more nights on a tensor than I have on the thermorest. Yeah. I think that's you know? such important advice for any backpacker. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that their first time backpacking is doing one of these long trails, whether it's the PCT or the AT. And yeah. they get a harsh reality pretty quick <laughs> at, yep. oh, this tent really doesn't set up well in this area because you don't have i don't i don't know really what i'm trying to say but like some gear items just don't work out as well and because yeah like you could bring shepherd hook uh stakes for your tent. yeah that's a good they example. don't really work well in sandy yeah in sandy uh you know ground so just because you saw a you your favorite youtuber use them you know may not work for you right no names mentioned yeah for sure for sure but you know i think that's it's the gear stuff is, you'd be surprised some people don't know how to set up their tent the first night to go out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you see a lot of fresh gear. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's the difference between, like, the fresh gear that someone just bought because they were replacing their old stuff and the fresh gear because someone bought it the week before at REI. Yeah. You know? Oh, it just gives me so much anxiety to think about. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean... It's pretty funny. You're you're absolutely correct. There's so many people that start these long trails without having stepped foot a single night on an overnight backpack, which trip. isn't a bad thing. Like those people deserve to have that as that experience as much as anybody else that may have forty years of experience backpacking. One hundred percent. So, and you know what? Many many of them become amazing backpackers. Yeah. Yeah, know? for sure. And very knowledgeable about, you know, the art of through hiking and being hiker trash. Yeah. And just like good influencers as well for, for future hikers. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the one thing that like I sort of will always kind of advocate is that through hiking and backpacking are the same sport. Yeah. You know, and, and someone that backpacks, you know, 15 nights a year for 20 years has just as much experience as someone that went and did one whole long trail. You know, I don't think, you know, they're similar beasts, they're different beasts, but like being someone who never has done a, a, a long trail, really, you know, people, people still take my advice uh, in my reviews as, as, you know, someone who has knowledge. And I don't think just because someone, has done it through hike or, or has not done through hike that their knowledge of the outdoors and backpacking is, is limited in any way. Yeah. 
Well, I think, uh, I think that's like the, let's go to church comment for <laughs> yeah. the best way to, to maybe end this conversation. We're for sure. Maybe, t- maybe time to wrap sure. this up, but yeah. Yeah. That's, definitely. Uh, that's really awesome information, Luke, and really good advice. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, man, I, I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk a little bit about, you know, what's coming up and, and look forward to sharing with you guys and your audience and getting to know, you know, more people in the community. It's a great thing. Well, doing. I appreciate it. But uh, more importantly, best of luck to you on your on your through hike. Thanks, and is there, uh, is there a good way for listeners to potentially follow along? I assume you'll be posting like Instagram or Instagram stories and that kind of stuff. Yeah, like that that would probably be the most like up to date stuff is uh at Luke Pearsall photo. It's L U K E P E A R S A L L P H O T O. Cool. Um and I'll be the one that pops up there. Uh if you put in Luke Pearsall even, nice. I'll probably pop up. Yeah, so hopefully there'll be some fairly frequent stories there and uh you know, maybe some stuff on YouTube after Heck that. Heck yeah, dude. Well, again, best of luck to you. And thanks for taking time to share your your life story and your experiences and all of that. Just hope you have a good experience. We'll have to do, uh, we'll have to do another one on the tail end. I like it. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan to me. If you haven't already opened your phone to go follow Luke, I definitely recommend doing so. The guy has amazing photos on his Instagram account, and he's just, Luke's a rad dude. Just a rad, rad dude. So go check out also his Outdoor Gear Geeks account, where all of you gear nerds can see a lot of cool content as well. He shares a lot of good like stories when he gets a new piece of gear. He'll talk a lot of kind of like mini review kind of stuff in his Instagram stories, which is really cool. But I want to tell Luke, thank you again for sharing his story. And again, wish him all the best in his PCT journey. I hope you make it to Canada, Luke. But more importantly, I hope you enjoy every step of the way and share some of it with us who aren't out there with you to enjoy that journey with you. And thank you to all of you for listening to today's episode. If you're not following or subscribed to the podcast yet, definitely make sure you do. And I'd love if you would share the podcast on social media and just with your other outdoor friends. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you do me a favor and rate and review the podcast, even if you hate it, one star review, I don't really care. I just want more feedback, more of that, that people are listening. Anyway, thanks again, guys. I hope you all have an awesome week and we will catch you next time on the Backpacking Experience Podcast.